Well, as you saw in that video, you know, the struggle with bad dad jokes is, is it's real. It's a real bad thing. You know, I've, I don't struggle with that, of course, but I, I hear that most the average fathers do. And since it's father, I figured I, I share, you know, the, the worst dad jokes, at least from the biblical perspective, just because it's Father's Day. So you guys ready for a few? By the way, they're not my jokes. Mine would be funny. These are just bad dad jokes. So you have to lower your expectations a little bit. The first one is, who is the shortest person in the Bible? Nehemiah. Right? Nehemiah. Lower your expectations, guys. I'm telling you. Anybody here need an ark? Because I know a guy. I know, right? Who is the greatest entertainer in the Bible? Samson, because he brought the house down. They're not going to get any better, so it might as well. What time of day was Adam created? Just a little before Eve. Why does a chicken coop only have two doors? Because if it had four doors, it'd be called a chicken sedan. I'll stop. (laughs) Somebody's like, amen, yeah. (laughs) Today we're continuing our series on Everyday Heroes. And I want to talk to you about what actually makes a hero, because we learned last week that our idea of a hero is really skewed by Hollywood. You know, when you hear of the word hero, most of us often think of of the Avengers or or Justice League or characters like Spider-Man and Superman and Thor and the Hulk. And speaking of the Hulk, you know, I, I don't know why Marvel hasn't tried to put advertisements on the Hulk yet. After all, he is essentially a giant banner. I promise that is the last one. I really do. But this series is all about everyday heroes. You know, the heroic acts that, that you, and specifically fathers, do every day for the people around you in your homes and your workplace and in your communities and eventually the world. And let me tell you why this is so important. Because a recent Gallup poll said that 51% of kids from the ages of 13 to 17 could not name a single adult that they would consider a hero. In fact, most of them said this, and I quote, I don't know any adult that I like to model my life after. And folks, that's sobering. That's one out of every two kids in America said that. And that is just tragic. And the fact is that no matter who you are and how old you are, we all need heroes in our life. You know, we, we need models and we need mentors because they shape our lives. They, they build our character. You know, the heroes inspire us to be more than we can be. And heroes challenge us to grow. And that's why fathers, that's why you guys are so, so important. You know, the Bible says that the godly people in the land are my true heroes. Meaning that the, the people who have God and do the right things time and time again are the true heroes. He says, I take pleasure in them. And now today, the word hero is often misused and really overused. It's kind of like the word genius, you know. We apply it to everything. But most people who are called heroes in today's society are not really heroes. In fact, they're called celebrities. And a lot of us don't know the difference between celebrities and heroes. Celebrities make a big splash while heroes make a big difference. Celebrities are all about their image and their fame, and heroes are all about character. 
and service. Celebrities are famous for what they sacrifice for themselves, and heroes sacrifice for others. And of course, when you, have the, you throw the internet in there, becoming a celebrity is pretty attainable these days. You can, you know, anybody can make a YouTube video, pop it up there or in social media, and all of a sudden, you're a mini celebrity. And when you add reality shows and all these contests on TV, you know, what happens is that our culture ends up with too many celebrities and not enough heroes. But you see, that, that, that's the issue, that we have too many celebrities and not enough heroes. And to top that off, the heroes that we do see, we can't even relate to because they're all made up. They're not real. And even as I read through some of the heroes in the Bible, I mean, even they are really hard to relate to. For example, David's mighty men. There's a whole section in the Bible in 2 Samuel devoted to listing some of these mighty men and the heroic acts. I mean, they, they are as close to a real day, everyday hero as, as we can get in, in Hollywood these days. One of them is this guy named Eleazar. And in 2 Samuel, this is what it says about him. He says, next in rank was Eleazar. By, by the way, he was like next in rank, like he was number two. Next in rank was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. He was one of the three men who, who with David held back the Philistines that time when the rest of the Israeli army fled. I mean, talk about an everyday hero. Everybody leaves the entire army. He stays behind with David. That to me is amazing and courageous and a real hero. Then it goes on to say, but Eleazar stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. You know, the Lord brought a, a great victory that day. And another translation says that his, his hand clave onto the sword, meaning that it was frozen so hard on the sword that they had to pry it open with some instrument because he had fought all day and had became part of who he was. That, to me, is a superhero. And I still can't relate. In fact, I spoke about this during the men's breakfast, and somebody brought in a real sword, a replica that replicated the kind of sword that they would be using, and it was big and it was long, and it, the first time I picked it up, I kid you not, I almost poked the guy's eye out. So I can't relate to any of these heroes that they're talking in the Bible. But you know who I can relate to in this story? Dodo. Why? Because I, sometimes I just feel like a big Dodo when I'm raising my kids. That's really it. But you know, the, the point here is, Dodo raised Eleazar. Dodo, even though he has a weird name, did the right things so that his son could be a real superhero. That's a real superhero. So this Father's Day, I want us to look at three qualities that are found in everyday heroes. So dads, listen up. There's more qualities, of course, but today I want to focus on three. And the first quality of a genuine hero in life or at work, or at school, or at home, or with your family, is that real heroes stand alone for what is right. Real heroes go against the crowd, and they swim upstream. That, so you're never, you're never going to find the real hero doing what everybody else is doing. That also means that sometimes you have to do it alone. You will have to stand up for what is right when nobody else does. Now, it's doubtful that you and I are going to find some epic battles or go to war today, right? Like Eleazar. But let me tell you, you are going to face all kinds of ethical and moral and personal and emotional and relational battles this week. And you have to be willing to do the right thing, even if it means standing alone. 
The Bible tells us in Exodus, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. That means that every week, all of us, fathers and, and everyone in this room, gets the opportunity to demonstrate character and to be a hero by not following the crowd and doing wrong. When everybody else is at work and they're gossiping or they're taking longer breaks or, or they're even stealing from their employer, and you don't do that, that makes you a hero. When everybody in school is cheating or doing drugs or getting drunk at parties and you don't do that, and you stand alone, that makes you a hero. The problem with, the, with all of these things is that we have this deep desire to fit in. We, we all want to be, belong, which makes standing up for what is right very difficult. You know, we hate the thought and the possibility of being rejected, so guess what Satan's favorite tool to use against you? It's peer pressure. But real heroes stand alone for what is right. And in Psalms, it says, Blessed are you who give yourselves over to God, turns your back on the world's sure thing, and you ignore what the world worships. That is standing alone. And again, when you think of some of these heroes in the Bible, every one of them had to stand alone. Abraham, he had to stand alone against the immoral culture of Sodom and Gomorrah. Noah, I mean, this guy, talk about standing alone. He had to stand alone, first of all, in obedience, and then 120 years of ridicule. Daniel had to stand alone for integrity inside of the lion's den. Esther, risking her life, had to stand alone for her people. Moses had to stand alone and challenge the most important and powerful man in the world, Pharaoh. So then the question this morning for you dads, what about you? Are you willing to stand alone for what is right in the, in the face of criticism and ridicule or rejection? And if you're a parent this morning, are you willing to train your children in how they should stand alone rather than just go along? Now, today I'm really excited because we're going to be hearing from some guest speakers that I've invited to come up here and share about their fathers and some of the qualities that we'll be unpacking this morning. And there's this young man that grew up in this church, and, and I love this guy, so I'm going to ask him to come up to the stage right now, and he's just going to share with you about some of these qualities. That young man's uh, name He's coming out somewhere because it's a surprise to the dad. His name is Zach Kindor. Can you guys just help me welcome him? Thanks, buddy. So I came up on the wrong side, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, how are you guys all doing? My name is, is Zach, and uh, my dad is Brad Kindor. He's in the back over there. Um, I know we don't look alike. I know I'm a lot better looking. So, um, <laughs> and I, Dad, I also want you to know, um, Carlos did try to pay me 20 bucks to kind of just roast you, and I was like, Carlos, I'm not gonna do that to my dad. You know, I love him. You know, 100 bucks, we could start talking. But, <laughs> um, but so the dad joke that I'm gonna start off with here um, is uh, is a pretty lame one. So bear with me, okay? So, you know, you're an American when you go into a bathroom and you're American when you come out, but you know what you are when you're in one? European. <laughs> um, so anyways, I'm here to talk about my dad, how he, uh, he stands alone and um, how he just has always chosen to be 
um, just a very strong-willed man's man. And kind of what I mean by that is, um, hmm, what do I mean by that? <laughs> um, what, what I mean by that is he's always shown me He's always been the example and not just like talked about what it looks like to be an example, which is like a big difference. I feel like a lot of people can talk and say, oh, this is what you should do. Um, rather, but what my dad did, he actually just showed me what to do in life. And he showed me how to, how to stand alone in different aspects. And um, when you have a, a turmoil going on and or there's like some kind of a peer pressure type of a situation, um, how my dad's just always risen up and just been so strong-willed and uh, just coached me how to be so strong-willed and just be able to um, just be a leader. And you know, leadership isn't just you know, a position somewhere. It's not just a position on a stage. Leadership is just a lifestyle, and it's just living in a glass house on top of a hill. And that's the thing that I've always so admired about my dad, is that he's the same person that you guys would see on a Sunday doing whatever he does. And um, he's the same person at home. He's the same person out at a restaurant. He's, he's always the same awesome man. And I've always looked up to that. Um, and I've always had that backing, and I've just been so thankful for that. Um, and it's like kind of a, an awesome testimony of how he stands alone and just how he like um, doesn't necessarily like view people, like how he just loves all people. So that's my, that's my point. Um, so he actually has this friend, I don't know if you guys know this, but my dad's kind of been um, building homes out in Havasu for kind of like a hobby. And um, through that, he's been spending a lot of time out there. So this is this particular um, gentleman that he kind of met out there at a restaurant. Um, and this gentleman is not the, you know, your, your typical person that you'd really even want to start a conversation with. This guy has um, had dreads down to like his, below his rear end. Um, he has like tattoos, kind of like, like piercings, and um, just not a guy that you'd think that you want to go start a conversation with. Um, but the coolest thing about my dad is my dad doesn't see that external um, that external appearance and be shunned away, but he rather he sees that and he says, you know, I'm going to go talk to him and I'm going to go show some love to him. Um, and now after over about a year of just building a friendship with him, um, he's been able to like pour into him a bit and begin to mentor him. And now um, this guy that used to have hair down to his butt um, is completely like, he has a clean cut haircut now and um, he's just been able to like totally change his life over just because my dad was willing to sit down and invest some time in him. So. Yeah, that's all about all I, all I have to say, and just I, just, I love you, Dad, and so thankful for you, how you've always just taught me to be um, the man that I'm growing into be, so thank you. Thanks, Zach. Are you crying yet, Brad? You should be very proud. He's a, I have to say this about, about Zach. The first time I met Zach, he was a little kid, and he came and kicked me on the chins. That, that was my first experience with Zach. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Have a good day. Go back there. But <laughs> Real heroes stand up for what is right, and they're willing to make a difference and stand alone. There's a second quality that I want to look at this morning, and that is that real heroes sacrifice for others. And notice the key here is for others. Because a lot of people will make sacrifices for themselves. In fact, people will sacrifice their health all the time in order to make more money, or they sacrifice their relationships in order to achieve their goals. You know, high achievers can do a lot of sacrifices for self-centered motivation. But real heroes put the needs of others ahead of their own. 
you know, as a child, for me, and I'm sure for you, we had a lot of heroes, and, and they might have been like superheroes, like Wonder Woman and Batman and the guys I, I keep mentioning. But this is what guy, one guy wrote that really stood out to me. It says, you know, when I was a kid, my heroes were Babe Ruth, Thomas Jefferson, the Lone Rangers, obviously he's dating himself there, and Super Friends. And he said, then I grew up and somebody pointed out that Babe Ruth was an alcoholic and that Jefferson was an adulterer and that the Lone Ranger even had to give up his mask and that super friends weren't even real. And then he says, so all of my heroes were stripped of their dignity. But you see, it is Jesus who said how to truly become a great hero. He tells us in Matthew that whoever wants to be great must become a servant. You see, God's values are the exact opposite of the world. There are not many people out there, at least that I meet, that go around saying, hey, you know, my, my goal in life is to go around serving other people. You, want, you know what I hear more is my goal in life is to get people to serve me. Because in today's society, the more people you have waiting on you, the more important you are. But to be a hero, all you have to do is be willing to serve. Jesus said it like this in Matthew, even if you give a cup of cold water to one of the least of my follower, followers, you will surely be rewarded. And whenever I think of the, the, this verse, you know, giving a cup of cold water, I, I think of children. And I remember a time that one of our, our teachers in, in our children's ministry had been doing it for a long time, says, you know, uh, I've been serving in Sunday school year after year after year, and she says, and I, and I just feel used. But folks, that's exactly what happens when you ask God to use you. That is exactly what it means to be used by God. It means that your energy and your emotions get all used up. In fact, God does his greatest work through everyday heroes, some of them unsung heroes. And we have a lot of them here at this church. They're called volunteers. That sacrifice. Sacrifice also means that you will use your influence because the purpose of influence is not so that you can be famous. The purpose of influence is so that you can help other people who have no influence. And look at what Proverbs tells us. It says, speak up for people who cannot speak for themselves. Protect the rights of all who are helpless. Speak for them and protect the rights of the poor and the needy. Folks, the, the, there's people without a voice all around us, people who need advocates. And I'm thinking about, you know, there's a list. There's, there's children and the sick and the elderly and the homeless and the orphans and the widows and the mentally ill. I mean, there, there's opportunities all around us to be everyday heroes. So the question this morning, is there any area of your life where you're sacrificing for others on a regular basis? Nobody knows you're doing it, kind of like the example we just heard about Brad. That's just what you do. There's no big reward in it. You just know it's the right thing to do because you're doing it for the glory of God. And fathers, when, when you play that role that you're meant to play, that's when you become a real hero. You know, when fathers are sacrificing for themselves, for, for their wife and their children and their family, I mean, that is what a genuine hero is. So I want you guys to think about this idea of, of real heroes sacrificing for others as I call our next speaker up. I'm going to call, again, another girl who grew up at this church. Can you guys help me welcome Kelly Puentes to share with us? Thanks, Kelly. 
I am Kelly. My dad is Chris Puentes, somewhere around here, I think. Um, so before I get started talking about my dad, I just wanted to tell you about our camping trip we just took. It was intense. Get it? Intense. <laughs> That's my bad dad joke. So um, in talking about sacrifices, I think living for your kids instead of yourself every day is a sacrifice. And I realize that my dad sacrifices for me every day, and I wanted to list a few things. First is turning off the Angel Game or the US Open for movie night, coming home after long days of work and cooking a delightful dinner so that we could eat as a family every night. And if you've ever been to my house for dinner, you know that's true. Um, starting a college fund for me when I was little so that I could graduate debt-free, going to work every day so my mom could stay home and raise me and Kate, staying true to his vows with my mom and showing me an example of a godly marriage, setting an example of doing things the right way instead of the easy way, and constantly working to better himself physically and mentally so that he can be his best self for me and Kate. Thank you, Dad, for all these sacrifices and the ones I didn't even know about. That's what a hero is to me, and my dad is my hero. Okay. Thanks, Kelly. I want you guys to know that Kelly has been going on our hottest mission trip faithfully for the last, I think, five years, never misses it. And even though it's um, not the same time as her time off in college, she takes time off of college to go on this mission trip. So that's always very impressing to me. There's one more quality that I want us to look at today of what a real hero is, and that is real heroes take risks for God and for others. In fact, real heroes are not afraid to go out on a limb because they recognize that that's where the real fruit is. Real heroes risk failure, and they even risk rejection, and they even risk criticism in order to go after the dream or in order to serve others, in order to be who God calls them to be. That's what fathers do. And oftentimes, one of the reasons that we don't take risk is because we're afraid of the risk, mainly because we naturally want to be comfortable, and it's uncomfortable to stretch yourself, kind of like pulling a muscle that hurts. But one of the other reasons we're afraid is we're afraid of being hurt, which is why we don't take risk. We're afraid of failing. But, but let me just say that failure is not fatal. Failure is not final. You're never a failure until you give up. You know, the, the fear of failure is far worse than the failure itself because when you have the fear of failure, you think about it over and over and over again. And when you fail, well, you just fail. And there's this great verse in the Bible about that that says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. And what I love about this verse is that it says even good people mess up. Even good people fall. Nobody goes through life with an unbroken string of success. You risk, sometimes it pays off, and sometimes it doesn't. But even in the times that it doesn't, God uses that. And because of the power of the cross and what Christ did for us, every part of your story can be used for God's glory. In fact, the message paraphrase, this is what Jesus says about that. He says, risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe and you'll end up holding the bag. I love that. It's saying that the loser is not the person who took a risk and failed. 
The loser is a person who never took the risk to begin with because of what you're, if what you're doing is ultimately done in love and for the glory of God, then how can that be failure? Because the Bible says that love never fails. You know, here at Canyon Hills, this church, we've taken a lot of risks. Some of them haven't worked, but that doesn't make us take another risk. We continue to strive to do what God is asking us to do and to take those risks because that, you know, taking risk is another word of faith. And what I, who I asked to come speak about this morning is another girl who, who grew up in this church and, and we spend a lot of time together on the mission field and off the mission field and I'm just really excited that she's here to not only honor her heavenly father but her earthly father to talk more about that. So can you guys just help me welcome Lindsay Hesmahalch? Bill, did you know she was going to be here? Thanks, Lindsay. Surprise. <laughs> so he asked me to start with a dad joke, and I was thinking back, and I couldn't really think of any dad jokes he said. So we actually call him the fun crusher around our house. Um, but it's okay, because I'm known as a dream crusher, so I don't really know which one's worse. Since a very young age, my dad was given this very clear talent. God had blessed him with this gift of design and skills with architecture. So since a kid, he always knew that he wanted to be an architect. Many of you may not know, but he had the opportunity to pursue a professional career in baseball. But he decided that he wanted to take his talent and his passion and pursue architecture. So although he knew that baseball probably would be more profitable in the, in the quick, short term, he decided that he wanted to take that talent that he was given and really use it to the fullest. So at 25, he decided he wanted to start his own firm, and he rented a desk in a small building, and that eventually grew to have over 300 employees. So when the recession hit in 2007, um, he did a lot of personal sacrifices to ensure that the families and his employees were taken care of he, before he even took care of himself. So he took a lot of risk during this time, and shutting down the firm was never an option. So he relied heavily on God, and he relied heavily on the Bible to take him through this time. And he made sure that didn't happen. So I've been working with my dad for over six years now, and um, I have been able to see him in a whole new light. And, um, our relationship has grown and has strengthened, and I admire him more and more each day. And he has taught me so much. He's my mentor. He's my go-to. He's taught me to rely on God, to trust my instincts, to take that leap of faith, get out of my comfort zone, and take those risks, because you never know where it's going to lead. And if you trust and rely on God, it's going to take you to the right places. Throughout college, his professors always told him that he wasn't going to be successful as an architect and that he was never going to make it. And 37 years later, we have three office locations. We are working nationwide and internationally. We have um, award-winning projects. We've provided homes for over 300,000 families. And he was, in 2015, inducted into the Hall of Fame for architecture. So I think it paid off in the long run. So I'm incredibly proud to be your daughter. I love working together, and I'm so excited to build the company. Thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. Brad, Chris, Bill, sounds like you guys are a bunch of big dodos too. Congratulations. You know, it's interesting because all of these men have, uh, they're very successful in their business, but that's not why I chose to get their kids to be here. I chose their kids to be here because I knew what they were going to talk about were some of these qualities that make them an everyday hero that would inspire us and encourage us because I know 
for all the rest of you fathers that if I ask your kids to be up here and share about you, they would be saying the exact same thing and just talking you up and loving you and encouraging you and saying that you are their hero. So fathers, it is a big responsibility that God has given us, but it's one that comes with an honor and a, and a, and a privilege. And I just pray that as a result of hearing this, that you would be encouraged to persevere in doing some of the hard things, the sacrifices, and standing up and risking, because that's what God has called us to do and be. And folks, this life is just preparation for eternity. I mean, this is a test. Life is a test. God wants to see if we're going to sacrifice for others. If we're going to take risk when he asks us to take a, a step of faith by talking to somebody that we would otherwise not talk about or talk to, are we going to stand up for what is right even in the midst of rejection and ridicule? And it is a test. And this is how Paul puts it. He says, if we will never live again after we die, he, he's saying, if, we're not, if there's no eternal life, then we might as well go and have ourselves a good time. Let us eat, drink, and be merry. What's the difference? In other words, who cares? Let's just go out and have a good time. For tomorrow we die, and that ends everything. But then listen to what he says. It's almost like, and by the way, don't be fooled by those who say such things. So dads, are you modeling these character qualities for your children? Again, taking risks for God and other people, sacrificing for others, serving others, standing up for what is right, speaking up for those who do not have a voice. I want to encourage you this morning not to make that fatal mistake of living solely for your comfort because we weren't put on this planet for our comfort. Jesus said it this way, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, meaning God's word, you will find true life. And I would add to that, and you will be a real hero. Again, Jesus says in Matthew, anybody who sacrifices home, family, fields, whatever, because of me will get it back a hundred times, not to mention the considerable bonus of eternal life. And of course, he's talking about what we're going to get when we get to heaven that we're going to be rewarded exponentially for standing up for what's right and for sacrifices and for taking risk. So my prayer this morning is that this will not only challenge you if you need to be challenged, because that's not for me to do, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, but that it will inspire you to a new level of confidence that if God is with you and you are the son or daughter of the high most God, then all of these things put together will make all of us a hero. That you would rise up to a new level of courage and a new level of willingness to just break out and make a true difference for God. Our true real hero is Jesus Christ. He paid the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice. He risked it all. He stood up time and time again for what was right. So as we pray together this morning, just reach out to your heavenly father to thank him for what he's done, to reach out to him and to, to, to reveal to you what he would want you to work on in your life. And let's all together just in our hearts stand up for all of these things that will make us true heroes. Will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we are just, Lord, we're grateful, Lord. We, we just come before you and we thank you for being our, our Heavenly Father, Lord. 
And as we honor, as we honor our earthly fathers today, Father, I ask that you would just bless every single one of them. Lord, but most importantly, Lord, that they would be able to plant your words in their heart in such a way that as they walk out of these doors, Lord, that they would be a different people as a result of hearing them. Lord, we've heard from your word this morning. We've heard from these young men and women and their stories and testimonies about their fathers, Lord, and I just thank you that we have those young men and women here. Lord, and I pray that every single one of us this morning would just look at our lives and see what truths we need to apply to our lives. Lord, I ask that you would allow us to just be silent when we speak to people. That the scripture that says, be quick to listen and slow to speak would be true for all of us. Lord, show us where we've been afraid. Show us where we haven't stood for Christ or stand up for Christ. Lord, show us when we've been afraid to stand alone or to stand against where everybody else was going because it was the right thing to do. Lord, show us where you want us to sacrifice for others and help us to start doing it now. Lord, help us to be willing to take risks. Sometimes that means relational risks. To invite people to church, to take a financial risk and start a business. Father, maybe the risk is asking for forgiveness. Lord, some of us this morning need to ask for forgiveness. Father, I pray that we all learn to be true everyday heroes in every sense of the word. Help us not to think that we need to be celebrities, Father, but that we need to be your heroes, even if that means being an unsung hero. Father, this morning is all about you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for everyone in this room, and I ask that you would bless them and that you would bless them indeed. In Jesus' name, amen.